0: This is Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. I am Allison yanez McKay, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jacob Murdoch.
1: Hey, Allison. Uh, when was the last time you were outside? I like that we started that last last episode.
0: Yeah, well, as um, I mentioned the other day, I'm in Indianapolis and I went for a seven mile walk with my brother. There's a bunch of trails. There's like 35 trails that used to be an old railroad and they've been repurposed for pedestrians and bicyclists. And it's really cool because they take you to areas of the city like more industrial areas where normally there wouldn't be any foot traffic, so it's kind of it's kind of cool to get people out there. And there's nice there's trees and stuff, and um, we were able to go walking before a crazy set of uh, thunderstorms rolled in. So that was fun. How about you? Uh,
1: last night I went to go walk at Old Spanish Trail Park, which I had never been to before. Which is a beautiful park. It's like on Cimarron and like between Desert Inn and Sahara. Uh, <laughs> And it's like one of the, it's like a native park. So like most of the stuff in the park is like native habitat. Um, Oh, nice. But there is some grass and playground and stuff, but I'd never been there. So I had driven by it multiple times and I was like, tonight's the night.
0: Oh, yay. I saw a picture you uploaded. It looked like there was a really pretty sunset. There
1: was. It was gorgeous last night.
0: This week, we're joined by Melissa Kaiser, CEO of the Discovery Children's Museum. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Allison. Hi, Jacob. It's so great
2: to be with you.
1: It's Thanks great
0: for having, having you. Thank you. Thank you. for joining us. Um, we're eager to talk to you about the museum's activities and programs since Governor Siselec's ordered to shut down uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, but before we dive into that, could you let our listeners know a little bit about the museum, the environment you're trying to create around play and learning experiences in the STEAM fields?
2: Absolutely. So Discovery Children's Museum has been in the Las Vegas community for 30 years this year. And we have a 26,000 square foot museum filled with educational activities and play for children. So basically the mission of Discovery is to provide all children, regardless of their background, access to engage in educational play. Um, you know, we know that kids, we, they need this type of learning outside of the classroom.
1: And right now, especially off of Zoom, off screen. Mm-hmm. Right. And Melissa, how long have you been at the Discovery Children's Museum?
2: So yesterday was my two-year anniversary oh. of, of oh being at Discovery and Las Vegas.
1: Happy anniversary <laughs> on both counts.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's wonderful.
1: Excellent. Um, so we'll kind of jump right into um, you know, talking about uh, what the museum's done um, since COVID-19 has shut down a lot of our communities. Um, so what was your process in deciding to shut down? So what did that look like, particularly with such an interactive uh, museum that's also just a pillar of our community?
2: Oh, wow, you're taking me back to that moment in time. <laughs> um, Wow, I mean, we did a lot. I think, you know, the first thing we did is we, we formed a a crisis response team. Um, I think it was the first week of May of March, excuse me, um, March 4th. And um, the first thing we started thinking about is uh, how will we prepare to work remotely? Number one, um, if we were going to shut down. Um, But in the meantime, you know, communication became our key. So it was really important to um, take a look at our policies. You know, I think our sick policy was one of the first things we updated and posted um, at our desk and on our website, and and um, you know, training for our staff to to interact with visitors um, who might be sick. And because we're an educational museum, I think educating the public about good hygiene and um, how to wash your hands and how to how to teach kids how to do that because that's what we were really hearing at the time. It was like, well, yeah, there's this COVID, but you know, just wash your hands and everything's going to be okay. So, um, I know that um, you know one of our main values as a museum is our cleanliness and safety, and, and we really pride ourselves on that. And 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 you know, leading up to um, our closure was no exception. Um, we you know we're using germicidal bleach and train the staff how to use it. And we're increasing our, our cleaning. Um, but we really decided we had to shut down areas of the museum that were just too difficult to keep clean. Um, so the summit is our climbing structure that, that traverses all three floors of our building. And, um, that was closed, um, just about immediately because we wanted it to be manageable. We wanted the cleaning to be um, effective and, um, you know i i think back on that time and i i remember calling the southern nevada health district one day they had a 1-800 line and i i said so are you considering uh, limitations on the number of people that you're going to allow to convene in spaces and you know i never got a call back but um oh no I, you know i think I, it was just that you know I, because i think they knew the governor was you know working on all of that at the time but um you know i when we heard what our peers were doing in Seattle, um, which was the epicenter of COVID in the U.S. Um, the, you know, the, the science and children's museums where our peers um, had made the decision, decisions to shut down. Um, and even though we only had, um, yeah, I think it was eight cases in Southern Nevada at that time, um, we, you know, organized our executive committee and, you know, shared with them how, you know, we felt prepared to transition to remote work. And um, I think the the very next day, uh, Governor Sisolak announced that the schools um, were going to be closed until uh, spring break in April. Mm. So we felt really good about the decision.
1: Right. Most definitely.
2: And so I'm curious
0: about um, this. It's a climbing wall that you're talking about then? Or what is that exactly?
2: Well, it's a a climbing structure. It's uh, called the summit and some kids just come right into it and that is their entire museum experience because they love it um but there's many different ropes and exits and ways for kids to quickly get separated from their parents there are really fun um, activities inside that they can find that have to do with you know pulleys and and lifting themselves up and and using their own body weight And, and it's it's a really um there's 13 mini galleries within the summit that, that go all the way up to our roof with um, an observation deck on top where you can actually see outside and we have viewfinders um, looking out on the skyline and there's a rocket ship and you know oh, wow. you can simulate that you're you know flying an airplane. I mean, there's just a, it's it's a really fun experience. But there are so many components of, um, you know, the, the, the small exhibits within the summit that um, is very, you know, just so many nooks and crannies and, um, sure. you know, just sure. it just made sense for us to, if we took our staff off the summit, they could be there are more people cleaning in the galleries um, on the floor.
0: Right, right. Uh, so some of the museum's core values and ideas are to promote curiosity, innovation, and creative thinking. Um, these are accomplished through interactive exhibits like the summit and in-person learning and play experiences. I'm curious to know if the museum had virtual programming for children and families prior to the shutdown, or how did you go about implementing the, the programming you currently offer?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we had some content on our YouTube channel. We did have a YouTube channel, um, but we didn't have regular bi-weekly programming like we are starting up right now. So that's been an evolution. Um, When we were talking about closing, the team said, hey, we should shoot some videos in the museum before we close so we have some content we can share when we we close. And, um, you know, of course we let them in the building early to do all their filming and, and my board said the same thing like hey let's get out on top of this and help parents because if their kids are home from school now through spring break they're they're not gonna necessarily know how to provide educational experiences for their kids or keep them keep them engaged so let let's be the heroes and and I think um you know I I put that directive out to my team. And we had this beautiful confluence. We have educators, STEAM educators, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, who are trained presenters. They give demonstrations in our museum, so they're natural in front of a camera. Mm. And they're also, you know, we have our technology lab, and, and the head of our technology lab has a master's in filmmaking. and and. Oh, cool. could, and really lucky us because yeah. you know she's producing, um, you know, coding and um, Tinkercad programming, and she's able to edit and produce and push it out. So um, you know, and then we have a marketing team that's just genius. So I we were really lucky to have, and and it really affirmed the fact that I've hired the right people at Discovery because they're they're now doing what they're teaching kids to do. And, and failing forward and being inventive so um we we, we love what's happening and, and it's it's gone it's gotten its own life so the the page is called at home discoveries mm-hmm. and with this page we really wanted it to be content that families could do at home with things they could find in their own home with their kids right right without having to source it and Um, and now we've, we've kind of spiraled into some local celebrities who we've asked to do storybook readings and magic tricks and musical performances. And so there's a lot of warmth from the community. Um, we've, we've shared, you know, what our partners in the community are doing as well. So it's, it's quite, quite an exciting resource.
1: That's, that's really awesome.
0: I'm I've, sorry I've been following you guys on social media and it's been cool to see the stuff that you taped in the museum but also like those very grassroots homemade submissions from both your staff and the public and again it shows that STEM STEAM education and that type of learning can be accessible and democratic and you can replicate that at home.
2: Absolutely yes that's that's also tied to our core values of accessibility and you know we had to think about kids with um different abilities and how you know if if you're hearing impaired and and what if you're spanish speaking and you know we uh, all the thoughts about our entire community uh came together in um uh, you know thinking about accessibility as we we created them as we went along
1: right that's that's really awesome um and i i like how you've you know kind of engaged your staff um with in regards to some of their strengths and abilities. Um, and so I'd like to hear a little bit more about how, you know, your staff team um, has continued to do this virtual engagement um, over the last few weeks.
2: You know, it's the, the word pivot is what everybody's talking about. Right. And, um, and it, it, but it's so, so apt. Um, this team if curiosity and imagination and rethinking failing forward trying things out finding new solutions um you know this this team you know themes the content so so it's not just um you know steam it's maybe it's a mother's day activity or maybe it's you know it's themed to something else happening in our lives or or teaching hand washing and germs and glow lights um but you know we're thinking that way across the whole organization so Mm -hmm. if Field trips are not part of our reality in, in the, the near future. How do we deliver our content mobily? And, and how do, you know, even if adults are, if we're not allowed in the classroom to do our, our Discovery on Wheels program, how can we package supplies and drop them off and zoom in on a video screen in the classroom to give kids that an other way of learning. I mean, not every kid learns from a textbook. Some kids learn by tinkering, by seeing, by feeling, um, you know, using all of your senses. Um, and, and so we're, we're really trying to rethink our entire mission delivery and yeah, working you know. with partners like the library and with, you know, our community, um, families, groups that are already established. And how do we how do we continue doing what we do in a offset way right. for a well, period?
1: Well, and I really can see that as a way to, you know, further the, I guess, reach, maybe not the right word, but the, just the, you know, I guess the reach of the, the museum. Um, and, you know, I, I think you're probably going to you know, also interact with people that you weren't interacting with before um you know and i've seen that a a lot of cases uh during this time is that you know when museums or other organizations are doing some of these programs they're able to reach people in the community that maybe had never been to the museum or who had never attended an event um because everything's kind of right at your fingertips and it's it is a little bit more accessible for you know for some members of our community
2: yeah i mean i think outreach is a really important part of our work and Um, outreach involves building trust with the community and it's not expecting everyone to come to you. You know, we realize there are financial barriers, there's intimidation barriers. Um, You know, you're on this beautiful Smith center campus is this place for me. Am I welcome here? Um, uh, Who are you? What do you mean you want to give me $3 admission? Um, Are you going to be checking my, Citizenship at the door. You know, it's there. There are just multitudes of you know kids that have never left their own neighborhood, much less known that a children's museum existed. But if you know, if if those kids are in their neighborhoods, in their libraries, in their um, you know, if they're they're going to trusted, um, you know. Festivals, or, which aren't existing right now in the community, but places that you know where where people could normally convene, um, and, and if we can be there, um, it builds that trust, and then um, establishes that we we are really trying to reach every child. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Well, and in a way, I think because of COVID, because you are entering people's households through their cell phones and their laptops, mm-hmm. um, this these this cross-pollination that you're talking about, where you're collaborating with the library and local community centers, et cetera, this just, all that cross-pollination allows a different, um, a different audience to be exposed to the stuff that you're doing. And again, if there's people um, already established in town and reputable, not to say that the museum isn't, but you're just able to reach, I can imagine you'd be able to reach a much wider audience in that way.
2: And that's our goal that's that's absolutely our mission whether our physical doors are open or not
0: well and speaking of opening physical doors (laughs) because the state is slowly starting to open up um the governor has released the state's reopening plan and we're slowly starting to see businesses start to open to the public can you tell us what precautions the museum
2: is taking to prepare for reopening absolutely um you know i would say we've been preparing for reopening since before we even closed um you know we we uh, gosh we ordered all kinds of cleaning supplies you know on march 6th i'm so glad we did that oh good um, <laughs> and we've been using all of them in the meantime so our facilities team has been in um in the museum all the time, this is a real gift to us because normally they're only able to do their work when we're closed to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but we first, you know, the building underwent a very deep cleaning and disinfection um, and, you know, things were discarded and, and, and then, you know, we, began, we began the process of like a, an entire facelift on the museum. So um, refurbishments, we've removed exhibit components, and we've repainted everything. Um, you'll see new floors in water world. You'll see new um, walls that are um, water resistant in water world. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and then, you know, once everything's sparkling and shining and um, safe, we, um, we really started looking at uh, the safety of our visitors when they come back. And, um, one of the most interesting conversations or webinars I participated in was with the Hong Kong Children's Museum mm-hmm. and um, learned a lot from them who had they had gone through SARS and they have um, already done a lot of this preparation and now they were going through it again and they were ahead of us because um, you know COVID um, was in their community before ours in the U.S. Um, so, so I learned about the um, the air cleaning filters that they were using, the hospital grade HEPA um, filters, and and um, some of the procedures of using touchless hand sanitizers. So before a child might play in Water World, they will be directed to stand in line, sanitize their hands, mm-hmm. and to also look at the um, you know. The, chemicals in our water and our cleaning and and share with our guests that our water is emptied every day and you know and after kids play they wash again and um we've installed plexiglass shields i know you know i I had this conversation with my colleague yesterday about you know the shields at our our desk and you know temperature screening equipment and training from medical professionals and um you know I, i i do think um you know, everything we're doing is for people's safety, and just like people came to realize that during 9/11, that okay, all this airport, you know, I have to be patient and wait in this line and take off my shoes and and um, everything else. Um, this is for these are the new rules for their safety in the museum, um, and you know, we're really fortunate um, that we have the space. We do we have 26,000 square feet of space. So um, we will be limiting the number of people in the museum at any time mm-hmm. so that families can have physical distance from each other. It will not be the crowded um, you can't move through the museum experience that you know we've, we've had before. Um, this will be a, a much um, reduced experience for our patrons, but you know we've, we've gotten, you know, taking furniture out and, and um, taking all small components off the floor and we'll, we'll limit people in our elevators and we'll have stair flow go in one direction. I mean, I I think the, the thinking that we've, the the way we've been able to use the time to think about um, whether we could do this safely and um, how we would do this safely has been, um, you know, really what the, the the senior team and you know the board and um, all of the staff have been contributing to they've all been helping us
0: scenario plan
2: and yeah what if a visitor says this and how do we handle that and
0: yeah uh, on a funny note, um, I think I think it's kind of funny that you painted your walls with waterproof um, paint. Um, it occurred to me because you're talking about your staff; they've just been pivoting and kind of like throwing ideas, throwing spaghetti at the wall, and seeing what sticks. So that's, that's good. Funny. <laughs> Continue that's, along that line. It's
2: like a fiberglass-resistant plastic. I don't know what is FRP. I don't know what it stands for, mm-hmm. but it's it's this waterproof. Um, very easy to clean, you know, and disinfect. So it's not a, um, you know, it's not a wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's coating. Yeah, hmm. yeah. So there so there's been a lot of thought put into.
1: Yeah, well, and this. It's, it sounds like too. Um, you know, the families that will you know start going to the museum um, after reopen. Will have a really unique experience in a place so, so amazing as the the Children's Museum, um, because there will be you know f- fewer people around them. That will also yeah. kind of I think create a special experience, you know, for some of the children too. I'm sure.
2: More more interaction from our staff because it's there's fewer people in the building. Um, we have our VIP birthday experience, and people love this. They get the museum practically to themselves, you know, mm-hmm. for a birthday party. And um, it, this is a similar kind of model. And we've actually posted a survey on our website. So um, we're asking folks to help us with our reopening plans by a- answering a few questions. And, um, oh, cool. you know, it takes five minutes, but it's, it's right there. Um, it pops up as soon as you go to our website.
0: Okay, we'll make sure to share that link with our listeners and we'll yeah. do it. we'll also fill that out. Thank you. We have oh, yeah. thoughts.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Allison's are about food though, as you could tell about the spaghetti yeah. comment. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, Melissa, you know, we know that this time has been, you know, challenging uh, professionally, but also personally. And we have to, you know, recognize that all of us are kind of going through, you know, some, some, personal things as well, because this is such a unique situation. So my question to you is, you know, what is, what have been um, some of the greatest lessons or greatest lesson that you've learned uh, professionally, but also personally during this time?
2: Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone feels out of control right now. You know, everyone wants, Um, answers and solutions and, um, you know, is, is, is going through, um, you know, I think it's just a very universal um, moment. And, um, you know, I've been, I meditate. And so Mm -hmm. um, for me, the, the just the time I've spent allowing peace to be at my center Mm -hmm. instead of fear and suffering and um, you know, letting my actions flow from that place—you um, know, instead of the self that doubts or feels insecure or um, afraid. I mean, we we all we all have that range of emotions. It's it's it, no one can deny that they're not feeling that, those negative emotions right now. So, so how do you, how do you, um, do that own, you know, your work on yourself to, to, um, to allow a little peace in your center? Um, you know, I I think because of the vulnerability of the fact that we, you nobody can or everybody's equally challenged. It's, it's leveled the playing field professionally, um, a lot. Um, and, and, um a different willingness of of folks to collaborate pick up the phone admit that they don't have the answers share the plans that they are coming up with instead of you know holding on tight and saying this is mine um there's been a lot of sharing um you know gosh people calling you up and saying hey i got this bank to help me with the payroll protection program and you should call them too and um, I don't know. There, there, was just a. There's just been a, um, a lot more phone calls, a lot more um, leaning on each other in a way, um, professionally. So, um, and and I think like most of all in the the pause of not having our mission, I'm not having our museum to deliver our mission. It's just you know hearing from parents like how much we need those sparks to fly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: for kids to learn or for anything to happen for that matter. Like we, we need sparks. Um, you know, they don't happen on zoom. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It happens when you're, um, using your senses and, um, yeah, sorry, I'm getting emotional. I've been getting emotional lately when <laughs> I ask questions like this, but I mean, we're
0: we're talking about kids and families, right? And it's important to, and that type of spark um, obviously comes from in real life interactions and from competent people on the other side, you know, no shade to parents, but not ever, it's being an educator and leading these type of programs um, you know, I couldn't do it. And so you have this wonderful staff at the museum that, I, you know, I've been following your videos and there's oh. all cooking things and all these experiments, <laughs> like only they can do that. And so, um, I, I, I feel you. I, I, I feel, I, I feel for our youth and I feel for, for everyone yeah. and families. Everybody's going through a lot right now.
2: But that's why we want the parents and kids to do it together because then they make those sparks together and the parent learns how to, Play with their kid and learn along with them, and so you know that's what we're trying to do. Our little videos are to create actual sparks in your home, (laughs) you know, learning that they're not getting on their, um, you know, their Zoom distance learning right now. Yeah,
1: right. Right. I was watching some of the uh, Mac King tricks. Oh yeah. Uh, this earlier today. And I was like, Oh, man, that would be I don't have any children. So I was like, that would be so much fun to do with the kid to kind of like learn those magic tricks. I mean, I remember small Jacob, you know, obsessed with mu- magicians, you know, trying to learn magic tricks. And like, that would be such a fun thing. You know, I did it with my dad, but it would be so much of a fun thing. You um, know, now where you've got like a professional like Matt King, you know, teaching you how to you, do those tricks.
0: You can do it with me, Jacob.
1: Perfect. I mean, it's been a it's been a long time, so we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> that
0: sounds fun. Yeah. Um, well, Melissa, many of our followers are parents, educators, big big supporters of STEAM education. Yeah. I'm wondering um, what what ways what how can the public stay engaged and supportive of the museum during social distancing? Either donations, volunteering, social media follows, uh, and especially like in the coming months.
2: Yeah, so I mean, we have to keep our fundraising really high right now, um, because our doors are closed. So obviously, we're not selling tickets. And, um, you know, we're fortunate that um, we do have members who are also donors and, um, you know, have have been showing their support. Um, we We have a video right now that we put out for Giving Tuesday Now. It's up on our website. And it's, um, a little snippet about, you know, how important it is for, um, for us to raise the funds so that we can keep delivering our online content and getting the building ready to reopen, and that we, you know, we ensure that we're here for another 30 years and beyond. Um, you know, I think from a fundraising standpoint, no one would want to see Las Vegas lose their children's museum or lose their mob museum or lose their neon museum or natural history museum. You know, if you ask people, um, they would say, no, I would never want that to, you know, not be here. This is something that, that makes our, our community so special and we need that. Um, So, you know, it's kind of like, no gift is too small. Um, You know, we were so overwhelmed by people who you wrote us notes and said, I'm not working right now, but I'm giving you Five, ten dollars because I love what you do at Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you're doing is great, and your content has really helped me at this time. So, um, you know, we really hope that our fans will, you know, at the very least follow and share our posts so that, I mean, share it with your cousins in Boston and, you know, it doesn't matter who. Yeah. You know, use this content right now to help a parent who's maybe struggling to, you know, or has a kid that's a scientist or loves coding or just you know had no idea that this was out there that, right. that would be great a, awesome.
0: a donation to the museum is um, an investment in our in our future
2: community leaders right absolutely yeah. i mean our children are our, our future wasn't that a song
1: for
2: <laughs> Probably. Whitney yeah, yes i think so
1: i think it was a Whitney <laughs> song <laughs> yes, yes.
2: I didn't mean that to
1: come out
2: that way. <laughs> you are right. You are a hundred percent
1: right. So, so Melissa, um, you know, we know that things are still, you know, slowly opening back up. Um, but one of the things we like to always talk about on our podcast is some of, uh, you know, our our guests' favorite things about Nevada, about Las Vegas. So what are what are your some of your favorite places to go? Favorite places to eat? Attractions? Um, you know, especially as you are, you are, you know, now a veteran in, of Nevada, having celebrated your your second anniversary here, so.
2: Well, that's a great question. I am so glad to have gone through COVID-19 and uh, self-quarantine in Nevada, um, because the open space and the sunshine, um, it, it really is so healing. And when I think about being sure-footed in as a leader, I think about myself hiking nice. and my foot feeling steady in my hiking shoes on one of our, our glorious um, mountainsides here. Um, I You know, you think about the things you miss that you can't wait to get back to. Um, we were super stoked to um, dine along with uh, Brian Howard uh, from Sparrow and Wolf. We did Secret Burger with him where he cooked...
1: Mm-hmm. On the grill,
2: and we cooked alongside him, and had all the ingredients. I mean, we we miss so many of the, uh, and it was the best meal we had in quarantine. And my husband and I cook all the time, but you know, there's nothing like a fine meal prepared by an artist. And we have just so many fantastic uh, chefs, um, you know, in strip malls and places you'd never. Expect to find them, you know.
0: Yeah, Chinatown,
2: there's you know the most beautiful French restaurant I ever sat in. So, um, so we really miss, um, you know, dining out. And, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, I miss being downtown. Um, downtown's kind of opening up right now, so I'm really excited about that. I think I might wander down to Ferguson's downtown and, um, mm-hmm. And and feel that feel of of um, the open lawn and Mothership Coffee and those beautiful small businesses there. So yeah, those are those are some of the things on my list right now. Oh, that's awesome! That awesome, yeah. Actually, uh, a
0: picnic right now at um, what do you call the field in front of the museum and spit Center? What's it called? The name? Symphony it's- Park. Right. That would be nice right now,
2: wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was just national picnic day we did a little post about picnicking on our website yeah but picnics are great oh
0: i didn't know that was the day that sounds fantastic oh that
1: really next, does yeah. next year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come on. oh awesome awesome Well, that's very cool. That sounds um, delightful. And we're looking forward to the museum opening safely. And hopefully, Jacob and myself as adults, um, at one point, we would love, 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 love to visit the museum and check out your incredible space that you have there. And, um, you know, just, again, applaud your efforts at trying to create a, a welcoming place for all young kids and families in the community and engaging them in, you know playful and educational experiences that lead to wonderful career placement and um just investing in our in our kids
2: uh, future thank yeah. you so yeah.
1: much thank you so much for joining us Melissa. it's been a real um, pleasure
2: yeah this was super fun i i really i love being in your homes with you and hanging out <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you we appreciate it instead that's, of in studio right that's right yeah yeah
1: which for <laughs> us normally we record in our friend's uh den they live downtown uh, two of our friends are teachers wow. um and they that's generally where we've recorded until until now so this is this is uh yeah it's been an interesting it, interesting shift for sure yeah it works yeah
0: yeah it- it's more or less yeah. <laughs> we're figuring it out okay, listen, lastly um if people want to fo- follow okay. you guys on socials and all of your um your classes et cetera, where can they check it out
2: yes yeah, so um at discovery LV is our um, handle and that's on facebook instagram and twitter um we're also on linkedin um and our website is discoverykidslv.org Wonderful, and we'll make sure to
0: share the links to all of these um, websites and social media platforms. Yeah, fantastic.
2: Thank you, thank thank you. you so We much.
0: appreciate you, Melissa. Thank yeah.
2: you. Appreciate you both as well. Stay safe.
0: Thank you. Thank you, you. Wow. you too. Uh, so this has been Wild and Free, a Battleborn podcast. This is Allison Jacob. Who else is on our team?
1: We have our producer and composer of our theme song, Jose Sotelo. Research assistance by Ashley Pacheco. Creative direction by Berta Gutierrez. We also have Raven, the dog of the Den of Descent, um, who is probably still living, the, living her best life with her whole family home over this time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, of course, little Sebastian, Sebastian, who is also probably enjoying his time with his parents. Uh, so, uh, he is almost a year old. So He'll be oh, yeah. like a year old oh, yeah. next week. He's our oh, producer God. and uh, uh, research assistant's child, um, so he. is We need to get
2: Sebastian to Discovery. We do. Yes, yes. that's
1: our that's our in Allison. That'll be
0: our journey. Yeah, yeah. together we we'll take them there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Giddy up.
1: Yeah.